0: Welcome to another exciting episode of the Alternative Investment Podcast. Listen in as host Andy Hagens interviews asset managers, family offices, and industry thought leaders as they discuss the most effective strategies to grow generational wealth. From commodities to real estate, venture capital, private equity, and more, we cover it all here on the Alternative Investment Podcast.
1: Welcome to the Alternative Investment Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Hagans, and today we're talking about a very interesting product segment that a lot of clients, a lot of RIAs are using to achieve portfolio goals, and that segment is structured notes. I know a lot of our listeners and viewers are already using structured notes, but I think for some of us, they might be totally new, or at least you know the, the term and the frame of this product might be a little bit new. Um, So, joining me today to discuss Structured Notes is Mark Premselar, who is Senior Managing Director at Case, as well as Brett Kunchek of Mariner Wealth Advisors, which is a leading RIA firm. So, Mark, I'm going to start with you. And I know we want to talk about Structured Notes today, very exciting product. um, But to sort of set the table, right? You're with Case, and I know a lot of our listeners and viewers are already familiar with Case, probably using the Case platform. So, Case is obviously a leading alternative investment platform for independent advisors who are looking for education, who are looking, you know, for access to alternative investments. But I wanted to kind of get the 2022 update um, in regards to Case. You know, who are your your present clients? Um, you know, what are some of the developments in the past three to six months?
2: What what's going on with Case right now? Andy, first off. Thanks for being here. Um, I think I think you nailed it, right? Um, you know, but in terms of who our clients are, there's really two sides to the uh, to our client base at Case. I think the more obvious one are financial advisors, namely independent financial advisors, RIA's, RA aggregators, independent broker dealers. But they have to think about the other side to the equation: is how are they getting access to these products that we're making available for our clients? And that's really on the product um, the product providers. Uh, such as asset managers for the traditional alternative side, hedge funds, private equity, private real estate, et cetera. And then also on the structured note side, banks, right? So we really connect both sides of the marketplace, right? Product providers with independent financial advisors, and that's the case platform. So when you think about our platform, there's really two sides to the equation, both advisors and product providers. So we really consider both of them as our clients.
1: Right. So you guys are that You know, connection in the middle, the the network who are bringing together both of these sides. So let's talk about structured notes because I mean I think a lot of obviously our listeners are familiar with hedge funds. Everyone's familiar with private equity. Not all advisors are using structured notes in in their portfolios, right? In their client portfolios. So could you give us an introduction to structured notes? What are these exactly?
2: Yeah. So you know, you can answer that question in many different ways, right? I think the best way to think of a structured note is a customizable investment that enables advisors to get downside protection in their portfolio, enhance the yield of an investment or enhance the yield of their overall portfolio, or just create a tailored or customized view of the market, such as the S&P 500 or Apple stock or a given sector. I think the beauty of structured notes is, as I mentioned, they're pretty customizable. Um, And if you're a financial advisor, right, you can use them to complement your existing portfolio, whether that's in equities, fixed income, or alternatives, or you can use it to create a customized you in the market um, for your firm only. Um, And I think that's a a really, really big advantage that advisors uh, are taking advantage right now. And then naturally, uh, in this market climate with rising interest rates, equity volatility, and just a lot of concern overall, um, advisors are taking advantage of the attributes of structured notes that I think we'll get into a little bit later in this podcast, but now is certainly the time and I think we're seeing that.
1: So so how big is this market exactly? I know it's gained a lot of momentum in the past few years, but do you have any, I mean, do we really know how big it is? Do you have any stats or insight on the dollar size of the market?
2: Yeah. So um, it's it's a very, very, very big market globally. So here's some quick facts for you. The U.S. is around 100 billion dollars uh, in annual sales and structured notes. Um, that's what it was last year. and it's grown roughly 20, 25 percent over the past five years. On the global scale, I think the, you know, the number that we quote uh, for 21 was about 600 to 700 billion dollars in overall sales. Um, again, that, that is new dollars coming into notes. Um, whereas some of the stats that we talk about in terms of outstanding market value of structured notes is around two trillion, so it's a very big market. I think the the number though always jumps out for me is it's not a huge market in the U.S. And again, I think we'll dive into that in a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think a lot of the sort of technologies, the product wrappers, and the way we deliver structured notes are all changing, and that really is going to bolster uh, the growth in this part of the world.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if anything, that that number sounds a little small for the United States, in you know, in reference to the global number. So, Brett, Mark has given us some good background on structured notes, and um, we know Mariner Wealth Advisors is a big RIA firm. Um, but but beyond that, before we dive into the structured notes, could you tell us? You know about Mariner and, and your role there you know h- how you work in the f- in the firm do you interact with clients are you more on the portfolio construction side?
3: yeah first off thanks for having me on the show today Andy um, so Mariner wealth advisors we're a large national RA we have 80 offices across the country with a little over 60 billion in assets under management. Uh, Mariner's been ranked in the top five and barons uh, in each of the last five years. But I think what really makes us different is our founder formed Mariner really out of that family office mold. So if you think family office, typically, you know, somebody who has hundreds of millions of dollars, right? Well, took that mold and applied that and said, hey, why can't, you know, high net worth individuals without maybe hundreds of millions, but with just, you know, millions, uh, be able to have this same service, right? So all under one roof, what we've done is we have tax prep and planning, we have estate planning financial planning, and then, of course, investments. So it brings everything that touches a client's life under one roof. And obviously, I'm on the investment side. I head up our options team. And so when you think of you know high net worth clients, you know, you're not just going to have your stock, bonds, cash, right? You're going to ha- have alternatives. And we're a firm believer in alternatives. And I've headed up the options team. Uh, I've been on the options team for over 12 years now. And then, like what we're going to talk about today structured notes we also view this as a really nice way to alter that risk reward payoff structure right and so that's where we create these customized portfolios to really bring what our clients want and not put them into say a cookie cutter model
1: so you know when you when we talk about portfolio construction then this is something that's really individualized like on, on a retail client level? Or is there, like a, is there like a company-wide kind of model to how to use a structured node? Or is it really dependent on an individual's you know, uh, goals and risk tolerance and you know, their risks, their personal risks? How personalized is it really?
3: Yeah, so our investment platform, we give our advisors basically, we call it an open architecture platform to where as long as it's approved on our platform, they can go mix and match and pick what they want to use. To create that mm. client's portfolio. So here within our team, we give them a little bit of both. We say, hey, if you have a really unique situation, we can go use a partner like Case and source from issuers a specific custom note for their situation. And we call that more of just kind of a one-off note to fit a fit a specific need. But we mm. also have created uh, strategies. So specific strategies on types of notes that we really like to achieve specific objectives. And that way, our advisors, you know, they don't have to be experts in notes. They just need to know it at a high level, and they come to our structured notes team and say, "Hey, yeah, I like that. Go create that, uh, you know, laddered portfolio of notes for me." And that's where we come in and we take the operational burden off their plate.
1: So, I guess could you walk me through like an example of how, you know, like like a specific type of structured note that might be. Appropriate for a specific example. Like I'm thinking of almost something like a variable annuity where, like, you might have a, a retiree who invests in a variable annuity because, you know, they need some sort of minimum downside protection. But at the same time, a variable annuity lets them participate in some upsides of the market. I know variable annuities, they're their own, uh, you know, they're their own thing. So we don't need to get into them, but. That's like an example of a, a prototypical end user there. So who would be you know, a, a specific user? What what type of problem are they solving? And then what specific kind of structured note would help them reach that objective?
3: Yeah, definitely. I think the types of notes that we're using, they have a couple of different objectives. Uh, the first type is really to get that hedged equity exposure. Like you said, clients wanting that downside protection. So we can have notes with, 25, 30% or even more downside protection, but give them, you know, that upside participation uh, in the marketplace and the specific types of notes that that we like, it's uncapped upside participation. So there's a lot of shorter term structured notes out there that you get, you get that upside, but maybe you're capped at, after one year at up 10% or up 12%. Here we typically like going out a little bit longer, out four years, five years, getting rid of that cap and getting, you know, unlimited upside participation. So the market if you get in a sustained bull market, you're gonna, you know, you're not gonna be capped out after say a year. So that's that's the first type. The second type is more on the income generation side. So I like to bucket in a couple categories. You know, one, the risk mitigation, right? As far as on the downside, but still participating uh if not fully to very much so on the upside, but then also on the income generation where you do have also a lot of protection on the downside, but you get high stated coupons. So, you know, in this era of interest rates at call it three, four percent where we're at now, you know, these notes in this environment, it's much higher. Me and Mark were just talking about that. You know, you can really get in the 10, to 12 percent range. So you can get much higher rates with a lot of protection to the downside. But so that's, that's very attractive in this type of market.
1: Got it. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. So, Mark, turning to you now, you know, it it's very clear to me how structured notes could fit into that individual investor portfolio. Um, and you know, I could see an RA firm uh, like Mariner, you know, having kind of uh models that they use, but then also there being individual situations. I could also see this type of product being very, uh, useful for institutional investors. Um, you know, non-retail investors. So, is this product is it being is it being purchased at all by institutional investors, or is this purely aimed at the retail market?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think one of the unique things about structured notes is one is the definition of them, right? So, there's many different types of products and what's considered a structured note. Um, So, institutions actually do use structured notes uh, to an extent. Uh, In many cases, they're done in in private placement wrappers. Um, and so, a lot of the income funds uh, that are out there today actually do use uh, structured notes vis a vis private placement. So, when we talk about yield oriented structured notes, um, they're called the call right strategies or buy right strategies, where rather than using options in a strategy, they could actually do a yield based structured note where they get a specific coupon that pays a coupon, and then the downside is based on the performance of that individual equity. So institutions actually do use structured notes, and many of the income funds, uh, as I said, that 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 folks invest in today are, are doing structured notes. But largely speaking, um, you know, the structured note is driven by the retail market, and, and I think the answer to that is is because structured notes were almost created to give retail clients access to the institutions, right? So institutions can do large options transactions, right? They have to get an ISDA set up at the bank. It's a very big process. Banks don't want, Investment banks don't want to onboard individual retail clients. So it's very hard to do these, these very technical sort of uh, institutional options-based strategies. But structured notes were actually created in many parts to enable investors to do that vis-a-vis um, vis- 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 an SEC-registered security, right? As we know or may not know, structured notes at the end of the day are a bond, right? So they're a fixed income instrument. But rather than getting fixed coupon payments, you actually get a payoff that's that's derived from whatever the underlying investment is. Um, and that's how they're created. So it's a zero coupon bond plus options created in a vehicle or a wrapper that is that is able to be used by retail clients. and as a result of that, they can get, as I mentioned earlier, a, a note or an investment tied to the S p 500 mm-hmm. that has a 10 or 15 downside, Buffer to guard against losses of the S and P 500, uh, and they could have you know exposure one to one, one point five x, two x, either capped or uncapped, depending on the tenor and, and, and other variables in the note. That again, they're going to put that in their developed market equities bucket or the U.S. equities bucket, um, even though again, by definition, it officially is a, is a fixed income instrument, right? Backed by by an issuer, largely largely speaking, most times a bank. But again, they're not going to put that in their fixed income bucket. They're going to put that in the equities bucket. So, kind of back to that whole that whole point of saying structured notes are a very flexible investment, right? Mm-hmm. Um, if it's going to be a yield based note, one advisor may say that and say, okay, depending on you know the the expected outcome return, I may put that in my alts bucket next to a private credit fund or, or you know or a private lending fund or real estate, et cetera. Or another advisor may say, okay, you know this note has downside protection or contingent downside protection of 50%, You know, maybe I'll put that in my high yield bucket. So again, initially created to give in, uh, retail investors largely the same access as institutions and then how they're used now are very flexible because again, the main thing to think about here is structured notes. They are not an asset class, right? They are a product that can be used to implement an exposure in a, a, a traditional asset allocation. So. When you think about the 60-40, right? It's the talk of the town now that, or it's been the talk that the 60-40 is dead or coming to an end. I think we can all agree upon that. Um, whether it's a 50-30-20 or a 60-30-10, a structured note is not going to have its own little slice of an allocation, but rather it's going to be used within the allocation of equities, fixed income, and alternatives.
1: Got it. So so really the structured note is what I call a wrapper. It's, it's just right. a a regulated type of product you know similar to let's say an ETF an ETF is a wrapper right it can hold almost anything so structured note it's a wrapper but you know sometimes the wrapper will be more commonly used for certain strategies for certain asset classes but you know this one strikes me it you know structured notes they're a little bit more complicated than let's say an ETF i mean an ET- even ETFs they took years for advisors to really buy it, I mean, I, th- I think now every RIA have seen ETFs. I would hope, uh, but it really it took years um, to really penetrate into the RIA world. So, Mark, you know, do you find is it is it a struggle? I guess to educate RIA's about what structured notes are. You know, is it a matter of giving them education or resources, or you know, does Case find that RIA's are coming to Case saying, "Hey, we need structured notes." Um, is there, is there a gap, I guess, in that education?
2: It's it's a, it's a great point that you bring up. There's so many nuggets in in, in your last statement that, you know, we could attack a few of them piece by piece. I think in terms of on the education side for alts in general, and then, you know, distilling down a structure notes, absolutely. Right. Um, one of the reasons why, if you think about the institutional client base, their access to, or their their overall exposure and portfolio to alts can be upwards of 20, 30%, right? Uh, A retail uh, investor, a financial advisor is only putting sub 5% of their clients' portfolios into alts. And I think a big piece of that, obviously, as you you alluded to earlier when we're talking about Case, part of its access and part of its education, right? So I think on the education side and sort of what Case is doing with Case IQ, which is our educational platform, that's huge and that's going to help advisors learn more. I think in in any product, like a structured note, um, you, you, you read a lot about structured notes I think it's it's, it's naturally sort of you know help, uh, helping advisors learn pitching you know helping them show ideas out um, and, and and show them what's out in the marketplace of course you know Brett and his firm Mariner is, is a great use case. Um, so that's an, another piece of it but you know the the alts wave is here right and so I'd say historically i you know hard to say that advisors were coming and saying let us buy a structured note can you help us right? Five six years ago, that wasn't the case, but I think that's definitely the case right now. Um, and I think and I, and I think you're you're only going to see that go in one direction. And 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 part of that is again, it's the market environment, right? Um, equity volatility, interest rates, decisions by the Fed. But and the biggest thing, in my opinion, and Brett, I'd love to hear your you know you jump in here is a client's for, a client's financial personality or behavioral finance is just the biggest thing I, I think out there right now. Because if you're not sleeping at, you know, if you're not sleeping or you're staying awake because you got too many equities, and even though it's the right move now or selling right now would be the wrong move, you know, according to, you know, to advisors. So staying the course is a big way. Structured notes really help address that. One, they're designed to be held to maturity, right? So you can liquidate and sell out of structured notes early, but they are point to point investments that are designed to be held to maturity. So if you think of that, as a as a reason why to stay in structured notes, you know, um, the sort of the fact that they're not going to be, can be sold in in, in and out every single day, like an ETF, that's one thing that I think actually helps clients. But two, it really helps clients get invested and stay invested, mm-hmm. right? I don't know about you, Brett, but again, maybe very hard right now to tell clients to, to get into the market or take cash off the sidelines, even if it's a great idea. But what if you said, here's a structured note that, you know, you have protection to the underlying indices, 30, 40, 50%, and then you still get an upside return potential of eight to ten or even higher. Well, that sounds that sounds pretty appetizing. So I think the the behavioral psychology and 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 the financial personality of an investor is really important. I th- I think it's a, it's a huge way why structured notes again uh, are gonna have a huge wave and why right now is the time.
1: Well, Mark, I think you hit on something there. I mean, the the numbers bear this out that behavioral risk even even more than fees or and you know taxes it's the number one thing that is a drag on the retail investor right you you know you see that chart of the S&P returns over time versus what the typical retail investor achieves investing through the S&P over time because of that you know buy high sell low that behavioral risk so so Brett t- turning back to Mariner and you know dealing with all of these retail clients is that, I mean, at a conceptual level, is, is sort of managing risk and aligning a portfolio with a client's risk tolerance, therefore mitigating behavioral risk. Is that is that kind of the main, you know, gist of this product, its main benefit?
3: And that's that's one of them. And, and it very much is a behavior tool, behavioral tool, right? Is you know, client clients and even advisors right, that they can, like you said, you know, end up uh, buying high and, and selling low. And this gives clients and advisors the confidence to stay the course, right? And at the end of the day, you have your asset allocation and history has proven out that, you know, if you can stay put and ride through those lows, then, you know, you'll eventually end up at a better spot. And so by getting that downside protection, that can give the client who may be panicking, and wants to go to cash or raise cash to be able to stay the course. And especially at a time like this, right? And you're down twenty percent, twenty-five percent, what have you in the equity markets, yeah, there's there's gonna be some nervousness. But if you have that protection, you can say, okay, well, you know, if if it does take longer for the market to recover, hey, I have I have that protection on the downside. And conversely for the client who may already be in cash, maybe they had a liquidity event, or maybe they raised cash back in twenty twenty and they're still looking to put it back to work, this can give them confidence to step into the market, right? I had a call just yesterday with, with a, one of our large clients who was in that exact situation, right? They, He's looking, he has his cash and wants to, you know, they, he realizes, hey, this is a good time to probably start stepping into the market. We'll be down 20, 25%. History will tell you that, yeah, that's, that's probably a decent entry point, even if it does continue to go lower from here. And this will give you the confidence most clients I would say aren't willing to say, just jump in and start buying stocks right at this point in time. But if you have that protection that can give you the confidence to say, Hey, maybe I don't hit the exact low, but I know this is a good time to get in. And if we do go into a more protracted downturn, then, you know, I do have that protection as my ultimate safety button.
1: So let's talk about the risk though of a protracted downturn and, you know, any kind of product like this, it's a bond, right? So it's, and and I imagine most of them are issued by banks, maybe investment banks. Brett, do you, do, you know, do the advisors at Mariner's, your clients, how do you view the counterparty risk or issuer risk, whatever we want to call it? You know, is there, is it a material chance that, um, you know, if the market really starts doing something dicey, if there's a another 50% drawdown or something, is there a concern that there would be significant credit risk on these products?
3: So there is credit risk in these products and that's where we only use the issuers that we feel have credit worthiness that we're comfortable with. Right. So again, that's why, you know, if you don't, if you're an advisor that maybe doesn't have the resources to analyze that, then, you know, that's where you could offload it to, to a third party to manage notes on on, on your behalf. But yeah, we're definitely looking at those issuers and, you know, it's largely U S centric issuers that we use. We use some uh, international issuers, but those we're going to hold to even higher bar, right? Um, Just because we feel more comfortable uh, with where, you know, the banks that we're using here in the U S are currently at Um, they're very well capitalized and not that you want to rely on it, but at the end of the day, a lot of them still are too big to fail. Now, in the interim, you know, if you do have a big downturn and credit spreads blow out, that can be reflected somewhat in that mark-to-market pricing of the note. But that goes back to education, and when we're telling clients about these notes up front, all the different, you know, things uh, that, that can happen with them, that, that that's where that piece of it comes in, because we don't want to have surprises later on. So that's where we have those conversations and talk about each of the risks within the note, because you know, at the end of the day myself and our firm, we we like notes and we like using them in in the right way, but it's just like options. I head up our options team as well. And you can go crazy, right? You can do crazy risky things with options and notes and you can do very conservative things and everything in between. that's where we really distill down, Hey, what's the key things, what type of notes we like, what are the issuers we like, and what are all those risks and have that laid out. And at the end of the day, it's just trade-offs, right? And so there's no free lunch you know, we're getting this protection, we have, to, we have to give up something. One of those things is credit risk. But even though we're taking on that risk, we feel like, hey, that isn't incremental risk, but we're very comfortable with the issuers that we're utilizing.
1: Understood. So, you know, and I understand it can be a, a almost a feature, not a bug, like a relative illiquidity of alternatives. One thing that I always hit hard on the show over and over is I think in a lot of ways that's a feature, not a bug, that you're holding an illiquid asset, and the market has a bad day. The fact that you can't just exit it, you know, based on emotion that quickly, um, that can actually be a good thing. So, Mark, you know, understanding that a lot of alternatives, you know, they're relatively illiquid, right, compared to like an ETF or traditional investment, but now there's sort of this, you know, uh, span or spectrum of relative illiquidity among all of these alternatives products. And some of them are actually fairly liquid. So where do structured notes kind of fit on that liquidity or illiquidity spectrum?
2: Yeah, it's it's, it's a great question. I mean, it, and, you can, and you can answer this two ways, not to, not to not, uh, take your uh, question head on. But in, in one respect, as we talked about, structured notes are meant to be held to maturity. So when you buy a structured note, you get a prospectus. It clearly tells you what you're going to get at maturity. As long as that issuer is, uh, you know, is still in business and is not defaulted, uh, um, then you're going to get that defined payout, which is the beauty of structured notes. It's programmed beta. You know exactly what you're going to get. So if the note uh, was tied to the S and P 500, and uh, it gave you 1.5x uncapped upside to the performance, and a 20% downside buffer, if the S and P is up, you know, 15%, 1.5, you know, uh, 15 times 1.5 is roughly 22.5%. So you're going to get a twenty-two and a half percent return at maturity, okay? Um, and, and again, it's, it's calculatable. It's, it's it's programmed. You can see it in the, in the offering doc. Now, again, if you were to sell that note prior to maturity, you probably well, you most likely wouldn't get that price, right? Due to the optionality, time value, etc. Sure. Um, And that's more of a growth note, okay? But I'm, uh, so the first part of your question is it depends on the structure, right? Um, you largely will always get liquidity on structure notes. I think even in the dregs of of two thousand eight. Um, where really Lehman was the only bank that truly defaulted on structured notes, you probably could get a bid and get out of the structured notes in, in, in mostly anywhere. The, qu- the question is with rates blown out by, you know, by a thousand basis points or more, would you want to get out? So you can get out, but again, you're not going to get that defined payout. And the second piece to your question is it really is going to matter in terms of like liquidity and how you define liquidity based on the structure type. So that first example that I gave of the growth note, right, that could be uncapped. Um, You could actually, if it's a five-year note, you can get out in three years um, and your return, again, given the optionality of the structure, may look very similar as if you were long an ETF. So even even though it's a five-year note, um, and if you had 1.5x uncapped upside and the S&P was up 30% in three years, your secondary market bid may be 130 or a 30% return and maybe even slightly higher because that's the nature of the options within the structure. Mm -hmm. However, if you had a yield-oriented note, that paid a fixed coupon or contingent coupon of, you know, call it uh, 10% per annum that paid 2.5% per quarter, you're not going to really see that note trade up much, you know, much above par or even 102, again, because it's going to pay out a coupon. So I guess the point is there is one, with structured notes, you can get out if you want to, largely against not guaranteed by the issuers, but I can't think of any time where no one could get out, A. Being, you know, the bigger question is, is that, as you said earlier, you're buying these as an alternative, right? So, you know, again, if it makes sense to sell for the growth note that I just talked about, great. But outside of that, like, let the note run its course. If the note's down, let the downside protection kick in and don't try and force it unless you have to. So that's why liquidity. Does that make sense? It,
1: it, it does. It, it, it does. And so, you know, we talk a lot. On this show about rappers, I think it's uh, rappers are probably something that's pretty boring to most people. Uh, not to us, right? Not in the industry. So, you know, for instance, Delaware statutory trust. I think that's a great rapper. Obviously, though, only when it's you know appropriately being used by the target market. You know, in, in other words, if you want a ten thirty one exchange into an asset and you want to be a passive LP, then a DST is a great structure. Uh, another great wrapper qualified opportunity fund you know if you're interested in investing in ground up real estate you have a large capital gain uh, it's a great and you want to defer those taxes that's a great wrapper so a lot of times it's not one wrapper is better than another right it's just which type of wrapper is appropriate for for your own portfolio goals so mark i, I know that structured notes their type of outcome driven investment and in our prep call prep call you were um, talking about buffered ETFs, you know and, and you were kind of educating me that you know there's there's more than one type of outcome driven investment, so these are really conceptually, I guess they're kind of in a family of different types of wrappers. How, how would you compare the structured note wrapper to let's say a, a buffered ETF? Do you think one is better than the other or, or is it just maybe one's more appropriate for a different type of investor?
2: yeah it's it's a great question again, Andy, another one of those questions that we can spend a lot of time on. So I'll try and be somewhat brief here. But um look, I think when you compare it specifically to a buffer ETF, look, and, and buffer ETFs are great, right? I think, as you mentioned, outcome-driven investment, they are ETFs, but there's definitely limitations there, right? Um Limitations there, one in terms of structure. So a lot of these buffer ETFs are kind of exactly what they may sound like, and which is it's a note that it has an embedded buffer. And the upside, generally speaking, is um, one-to-one up to a, a cap. And sometimes that cap is low. So you're getting capped off. In equity markets, um, so if if you know you see a recovery over you know if they're a year long or however long the tenor is, if the cap on the buffer ETF is 10%, markets up 20, then you're you're sort of missing that upside, right? But like everything in, in, in life and investments, right? There's, there's 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 two sides to it, and there's no free lunch. So buffer ETFs, right? For smaller investors, those sort of looking, or for advisors that haven't you know necessarily taken the time to learn structured notes, buffer ETFs could be a great product. But the reason why I love structured notes so much and pretty passionate about it, and I think Brett too, is is the flexibility of structured notes. So when you're looking at some of these wrappers, like a buffered ETF and and, and other different wrappers, some buffered annuities, and again, there's always ingenuity and creation happening, um, but you're basically, you're you're limited a lot of times to that one specific specific product set. So when you look at a structured note, if you understand it, take the time to learn it. I mean, you can do yield-oriented structured notes, right? There's structured notes out there that, as I mentioned to you, you can get. You know, the, the kind that Mariner does, they kind of bifurcate growth and yield. There's other structured notes, you know, called the dual directional kind of structured notes, where you can make um, you know, the absolute return of, of the of an index on the upside and the downside. So if a note's up 10, you can make 10. If, if or if the index is down 10, you can also make 10. So there's so much flexibility in the wrapper of structured notes that I think when you look at certain types of wrappers, like a buffered ETF, I think you're definitely limiting yourself. And I think, it, it you know, it, in investors that are looking at buffered ETFs, if they knew of the other uh, types of notes out there, they'd probably say, hey, you know, why am I not doing that? So that's one piece. But, you know, on that topic, I, I think wrapper is extremely important. Um, and, you know, there's a number of wrappers right now, so I would say in the product manufacturing labs trying to get out, how do we get structured notes out there to the masses, right? Why is it only a hundred billion dollar business? If, if, you know, the U.S. asset management business is $50, $60 trillion or whatever that number is. And I think the answer of that big is, again, necessarily access, education, and also structure, product structure, right? Um, and, and I think Barron is doing some really interesting things on the, on, on the product wrapper side, uh, on the SMA side, that again, you know, coming soon to a theater near you. Um, but when you start to put structured notes into the managed account wrapper, I mean, I I think you're going to see a, a hockey stick like growth because right now, if you're an RIA and Brett and I both, you know, focus on the RIA segment, uh, you know, mostly, um, if you're an RIA right now and you want to invest in a structured note outside of buffered ETFs and a couple other products that are a little bit unproven, you know, a structured note is the only thing in your portfolio that you're actually managing yourself. Right? A typical RIA is manager managers. They're a quarterback of wealth management. They're not managing individual positions. And even though a structured note actually feels like a managed investment, given the certain timeframe, it's sort of you buy and hold depending on the structure, notes mature. Yield notes are often called after six months, nine months, or a year. Mm-hmm. So again, it's one of these things where we don't want to force an advisor to say, you know, I love this product it's great for my business, great for my clients, but it's hard for me to scale so from a true business perspective Right? I want to. I don't want to make that choice, right? And so I think that some of the products, the wrappers that are coming out, some technology, the platforms that you're going to see, obviously, you know, case is certainly one of them. The technology, the product structure, the wrappers—that's really going to help grow the business because we don't want to make advisors do something that you know they don't want to do, which is necessarily manage one single or a series of single positions. When that's not how they run their business, so that's a very important topic.
1: No, I, I think that is. And and Brad, I'm sure you have some thoughts on that. So I'm gonna to get to you in just a sec. But Mark, I, I do want to put you on the spot. You've kind of alluded to it during our conversation. I would say, you know, the 6040 portfolio, it's pretty much dead, or and definitely if it wasn't dead already, I feel like 2022 at least, maybe totally finished it off. Um, but not everyone agrees with me. Um so I want to ask you a two-part question. Number one, is the sixty-forty portfolio dead? But also, number two, if it is dead or if it's dying, is there a new paradigm that's going to replace it? Is there a new, you know, model that you think a lot of advisors will kind of cotton onto?
2: Yeah, I mean, I I feel very comfortable in saying that the sixty-forty is dead. Again, I'm 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 not a CIO, um, but I think when you look <laughs> at the marketplace advisors, firms, I mean everyone. If, if the 60-40 is not dead, you better you better look up and look around you because your business may, may be at risk. So um I think it's fair to say that. Um and is there going to be a new paradigm? You know, the answer is is yes, but is, is it is going to be a 60, 30, 10 or a 50, 30, 20. No, I mean that's like anything with asset allocation, that's going to depend on the client's risk tolerance, time horizon, and everything else that an advisor looks at um, you know, for, for their clients. But as I mentioned earlier, right, institutional access to alts is 20, 30, in some cases now, probably even higher. But if you look at the retail space, it's sub five. So something's going to have to give to make that spread an hour and to get, get more access, to get advisors more access to alts. Um, so I you know, I don't think it's a very provocative statement to say that it's dead and, and to say that it's going to change. And and again, structured notes, um, you know, I would say they don't fall into your traditional alternative investment, but it definitely is. It can be considered an alternative investment, um, and even if it's not used in the alts, um, you know, in, in the alts asset allocation sleeve, it can be used like as I mentioned, equities, fixed income. Um, it really depends on the characteristic of the note. So, as we like to say, right? I mean, the alts wave is here, and 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 I think you know, folks are going are to ride that wave. And it, and if you're not, you know, out there right now looking for that wave, then as I mentioned, I think it's fair to say that your business is at risk because it's going to be a you know a bumpy next couple of years or even more in terms of markets.
1: Mark I think I would agree with that <laughs> if you if you if you don't think that 60 40 is dead or dying you probably should maybe take a look around um because your business might be in danger so Brett what what do you think and you know one one kind of interesting thing to me i I've always thought is that so much of the focus in alternatives is on the rappers right versus the asset classes but personally my humble opinion you know if you You know, I I would call a structured note an alternative. I mean, at least in the sense that if a typical retail client considers it an alternative, then it's like, you know what, just gonna kind of shortcut all the confusion and agree. It's not a stock. I guess it is a bond, but it's not a typical bond. Um, Brett, do you think the 6040 is dead? And and if it is, you know, is there a new paradigm or is it just does it all just come down to client first? What are the client's individual goals?
3: Yeah, I think for a lot of clients, especially high net worth clients, the sixty forty is dead, right? You know, there's always a more simple situation maybe, but that's where we really feel like alternatives, it, it, it can be a big piece of that. Now, for each individual client, alternatives may be a bigger piece than some clients, a smaller piece, but I think that's definitely a piece. And so that's where, you know, we, got, so we said the 60 is dead and we really like things like structured notes. But how do we use them, right? What's the biggest impediment to structured notes? Well, the biggest impediments, there's two of them, I feel like. One is that knowledge and expertise, which firms like Case do a great job in that educational aspect. But like you mentioned earlier, it still is it's complicated to a lot of clients and even a lot of advisors. And then secondly, even if you are an advisor to really understand, you know, it can be a big operational burden to manage notes and if you have a, you know, think of if you have a hundred clients and they all have several notes, you know, that can be a lot. And then you as an advisor, you just get swamped. So speaking in terms of structure and wrappers, that's where we feel like, and we're currently in the process of partnering with Case to have several structured note, separately managed account strategies. So it does two things. One, the advisor doesn't need to necessarily be the expert. They need to know it at a high level, but they don't have to really go out and be the expert in notes on all the different details in it, know, you know, how to go out and have an auction process with all the different issuers and and buy a custom note. They can offload that to a manager like Mariner of these notes. And then it also offloads that operational burden as well. So I think these new things that are coming out, I think, you know, and, and ideally we'll get this... Uh, launched here in the near future, but I think that's going to improve access for a lot of advisors and clients. Is those two main things? Hey, let's give it to a manager who has that expertise and can take this operational burden off my plate. At that point, I think you will see this become a lot bigger uh, portion of clients' overall portfolios.
1: Yeah, absolutely, Brad. And I mean, it it certainly sounds everything I've heard today that Mariner Wealth Advisors is. A little bit ahead of the curve, I guess, you know, maybe compared to some smaller firms with limited resources. And and so it sounds like this partnership is a great opportunity. Um, And, you know, I I think we're running short on time, but before we end, Brett, where can our viewers and listeners go to learn more about Mariner Wealth Advisors?
3: Yeah, definitely. MarinerWealthAdvisors.com is a great resource. And then, like I said, we also have 80 offices across the country, one probably near Uh, you know, some of your clients, I'm sure. So, uh, but our website would be, would be a great place to start.
1: Excellent. And, and Mark, how about case, where can our viewers and listeners go to learn more about case and, you know, all of your resource and educational materials?
2: Yep. Absolutely. Andy, thank you again. This was, this was fantastic today. And thanks again, Brett Um, casegroup.com. You know, you can, you can go there, you can learn tons of things going on there, education, access, Website, you can d- dive in deeper, so you can get some information, get access to our you know our platform, our portal, and then of course you know could email a product specialist or whoever else is appropriate, whoever you want to get in touch with. But um, definitely go there, and 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 of course Andy's always welcome to hand out my contact information.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. Well, we all we will be sure to link to all the resources that we mentioned in today's episode, as well as those websites, in our show notes, which are always available at altsdb.com slash podcast brett and mark i can't thank you enough for coming on the show today thank you
2: thank you
0: that's it for our show today a huge thank you to you our listener if you like this episode please rate and review us on apple podcasts the alternative investment podcast is produced by the alternative investment database online at altsdb.com you can learn how to subscribe to this podcast and access the show notes by visiting altsdb.com slash podcast and we'll be back soon with another episode